to the spoiler log and a link to the past randomizer podcast. I'm your host, Dante. It is Thursday, September the 7th. Specky Clip is now legal in all a link to the past randomizer races that are following the Tark rule set. It's a great day for Specky Clip enjoyers. It's already been legal on the ladder. So I'm very, very excited, very happy that the community has voted that in. I'm glad it was not very close, um, not to be detrimental to people who did not like it, but uh, it's always better to see something like this be very one-sided heavy. I think it's less likely to be (laughs) controversial uh, for lack of better phrasing, but I think it'll be good. That means obviously league is going to be following suit with that. I'm excited about that. Specky Clip's really easy, and I hope anybody who hasn't learned it yet can do so if they're going to be participating in the league. That news aside, today, we've got a very special guest. Average Frustrated Gamer. I absolutely enjoyed this interview to the max. I He taught me stuff. The way he views Randomizer, the way he plays it, the fun he has while doing it, while being full of energy, he brings that energy to this interview. I loved it. It was phenomenal, and I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to get right into it. Let's talk to Average Frustrated Gamer. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Average Frustrated Gamer. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, Dante. How's it going with you? Uh, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I thought about leading up to our conversation, uh, a way to bring you in. And then I thought, man, this is like the guy who absolutely stomped me at swordless on the ladder. <laughs> and, uh, oh this is, this is how I discovered who this guy was back in 2021. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember that our, our one and only tangle. I remember exactly what happened. You did not go to, I think it was Hera basement, whatever it was for the big key to get the uh, the yep. very important solo bow out of Big Chest. And that's why I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to beat a, a very strong player such as yourself. I mean, I mean, it was all skill. It was no luck. It was because I'm really good. That's why. No, I mean, I, I do think you're really good. Uh, so well <laughs> deserved. You. you still had to beat the game. Um, that is a fair point. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. I just I remember I was like, I, I had that moment. I think everybody has one of these at some point. And it wasn't like yep. a degrading, but it was who is this guy? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh-huh. But when you last locate, it's like if you expect to win, then you're delusional. I, I knew I was going to lose that race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so yeah, you've been around a little while, but we'll get into Link to the Past. Tell me, let, let's turn the clock back. I know, you know, you're you're kind of, I'll say my generation, roughly in that area. Um, so tell me, tell me about your history growing up with, was gaming a big part of that? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, at first uh, I was living uh, with my mom solo for a while. Actually, uh, I never knew my father. I just, it sounds like a weird transition into gaming, but I never knew uh, my biological father. She got remarried when I was okay. about four uh, to a guy who became my stepdad, who became full-fledged dad. And the way I got introduced to him was he came over to my grandparents' house one day and brought a Nintendo with him. I'm sure that's where everybody's stories start here because everybody started with the Nintendo. He brought the Super Mario over and I played that relentlessly. And that is where um, my intro to gaming was, was through my uh, dad's Nintendo. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, every every new game, like it's it started with an obsession with Super Mario Brothers, and every new game was like a new adventure. I remember every time a new cartridge was in my hands, it was just the coolest thing. From um, getting my hands on Metroid to Dragon Warrior to the original Legend of Zelda, Zelda Two, every new game was a new adventure. It was always the most important thing on my mind at the time, between what the ages of four and nine, probably. Yeah, for sure, and I'd say like you know, obviously with the Nintendo, uh, you know, you kind of had to have an active imagination, I guess, in hindsight to really have this whole new story with, you know, there's definitely stories with these, but the original Zelda, not quite like we'll say modern day Zelda for obvious reasons. Nah. Um, yeah. But uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. So Zelda, was that like, so Zelda, Zelda two, were those big for you growing up or were they just kind of more of the, you know, the same thing of having those new games come across your desk, so to speak, every time? They were definitely two of my favorites. I mean, uh, Mario lasted for uh, quite a while, but it was kind of like the, the same kind of like the, the platforming it was fun. I mean, it was my first real experience with video games, so it was a lot of fun to just play Mario. But the sense of this fantasy world and adventure, just like and those, those gold cartridges with Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, which were so different, they just enveloped me. And I can't even imagine how many hours I spent on those compared to... Uh, something like a Mario or a Tecmo Bowl, like they they just brought me in, and the shiny gold cartridge was just a lure. It it, it was like sticking a worm in a pond on a hook. I was I was in, and I could not get out. <laughs> so I gotta ask, Zelda or Zelda Two, which one's better, and tell me why? Mm, I I neither is. They are so in, uh, insanely different. Like they are. <laughs> Their own world, Zelda, the OG, you can't deny the OG and how how much um, how much barriers it broke in the gaming world and how much it influenced stuff going forward. And Zelda, too. I don't know what Nintendo was thinking, but they turned Zelda on its head, gave us this top down <laughs> experience. And a lot of people are saying, what the hell is this garbage? And it's, it, I feel like it's kind of had a renaissance where people really appreciate it more. But boy, what a risk they took. And it could have tanked the series. We might not be here today, but thank God True. people hug around it and, and link to the past brought it all brought it all full circle when the Super Nintendo came around. But I, 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 that, I have a special place in my heart for both of them. Like when I got to the Great Palace for the first time in Zelda 2 when I was eight years old. One thing for me um, that's always suckered me in is theme music cool theme music in game shows in television shows um and in games and once that music changed once i reached the grand palace for the first time after going through all those horrendous lava pits and not dying with my last life if i hadn't picked up enough dolls on my way i didn't drown in the lava once i finally reached it and the music changed eight-year-old me's like oh shit now this is real that was a cool <laughs> moment. I love that. I love hearing people have like experiences with video games like that. Cause like, I don't know. It, it sounds like it's so personal with them. Like for me at one point, like just a fast example, you mentioned Mario. Like my mom tells me back when I was a kid, I would stand up to play Mario. And every time he would jump, I would jump with him. It was almost like I was a part of the story. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, but I love when I hear other people have like that, like really submersed effect or immersed rather uh, effect into a video game. It's so great. 
<laughs> for me with Mario, I don't know if you watched the Super Mario Brothers Super Show as the kid with yes. Captain Lou Albano and all them. But for oh, yeah. me, it was it was dancing around the couch singing the do the Mario. That was the thing I always got <laughs> harassed for as an adult. Now, you used to do this. Ah, ha, ha. It, uh, that that was I was dancing around doing the Mario. That was the thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things where they talk about like at Christmas when, you know, like your wife's over and you remember <laughs> yep. when you did this and it's like, you know, I know I'm comfortable around my wife, but do we have to talk about this right now? Uh, <laughs> Can I just have some cobbler? God, be quiet. Exactly. Oh, man. So uh, so you played the Nintendo. Uh, any other big games on the on the nest that really stuck out for you or or were those the main three? Those were definitely the main three. I mean, Metroid too. I, Metroid was just uh, uh, that. That was that was incredible. I I loved Metroid. I got into the Metroidvanias, uh, su- getting into Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. But definitely the first Metroid. I don't think I ever actually owned Metroid, which is I think a mark of shame upon my existence. But somebody I knew, one of my friends and one of my cousins had Metroid, and the only thing that mattered when I went to his house was playing Metroid because the only chance I had because it was so good. Um. But yeah, like like I was saying earlier with Dragon Warrior, like I borrowed it uh, from Thanksgiving and like some family Thanksgiving, I borrowed it and I remembered being so happy to have it in my hands. Like like every time, like every cartridge was a new story and it was just so much fun. I, I remember so much of my childhood being wrapped up in whatever cartridge I had my hands on at the time. Yeah, it was like almost like you had gold and in the literal sense, exactly. I guess with the Zelda and Zelda too. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned getting into SNES. So I'm assuming there's a little bit of a timeline here where you progress uh, at some point and get a super Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. Th- that, I think when it first came out too, when the, when the craze and, and I don't know about you, but I've gone back and seen those ads from the nineties about, Oh, the new Nintendo came out and here's all the, the parents busting down the mall doors to Dude. buy a Nintendo for their. Yeah. Right. And, and how expensive they were back in the day, too. Yes. I don't know how the, the price is still like I feel like the price of games hasn't changed, which is hard to believe. I think it was like 60, 70, 80 bucks for a game back then, which blows my mind. But the traffic at the malls, like I, I'm pretty sure that my parents went through that. Um, because uh, my dad was just as much into gaming as I was. So every time the new console came out, we had to get it. So as soon as Super Nintendo showed up, boom, we got that. And that was um, the beginning of the golden age, as it were. I got you. Yeah, the the SNES is probably it's probably one of the systems that, you know, holds up the best to time uh, yes. just because of the way the art style, the way the graphics all work. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming you played Zelda for the for the oh. SNES with. A link to the oh, past. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I was definitely I don't know exactly what my beginning loadout was. I, mean, I think Super Nintendo came with Mario World, which was mm-hmm. amazing. But I don't remember if we got more at the time, if Link to the Past released with it. But um, it was definitely among the very first, if not the first thing that I had. And um, I remember the day where I finally beat Link to the Past for the first time. Just I, I remember like feeling like emotional through the credits and I, I did it this great thing. Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe I've been working on this for so long. I've been playing this for such a long time and I'm finally here. I can't believe we made it to the end. I, it, I just remember it just stuck out in, in my mind as something that just 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 hit me that it, it might have been like the first game that I put that much time into that to finally reach the end felt like a major accomplishment in uh, 11 year old me's life or God, what I mean, was I then? eight. Holy crap. I would I would agree with that. I mean, I remember being stuck on Helmosaur for like upwards of a month. 
just yeah. because I did not know the hammer worked. I was trying to bomb the guy and you know, I need a good yeah. RNG pattern to bomb him without, you know, absolutely getting wrecked as you know, <laughs> a, a, a child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Like, like that realization when we went into the, uh, into the light world for the first time that there's a whole other, like you thought that this was all that there was to the game was getting the master sword. And all right, now I'm going to go beat Ganon. And then after you do the thing, you're pulled into the dark world. And there's this whole new map. I, I got to that moment being replicated um, with the, the new tears of the kingdom. When you, you realize there's this whole world underneath the world. I, I was, that it was oh, yeah. so nostalgic. So nostalgic. I loved it. Yeah, I was not expecting that with tears of the kingdom, by the way. I was expecting oh. the depths to have some things. I was not expecting a complete gigantic third world basically because you know they were advertising the air and then it's like all right so we're gonna be in the sky but no we're also gonna be underground very cool yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so the snes we you know obviously we love it we're here for it still now in our 30s or 40s and yeah. uh so any other games that really stuck out for you i know you mentioned metroid on the nest i'm mm. assuming maybe you touched that a little bit here Oh, yeah, for sure. Super Metroid. Definitely. That was another one where when you finally beat it for the first time, it's just this moment of I, I, I finally did it. But one of the games that really still holds up today, Super Metroid, just just I, I, I don't even like so many games from the Super Nintendo, like you were saying earlier, just hold up so well today and are mm-hmm. still very well playable and very their speed run today at this point because people love them so much. But for me, another one that really hit was which was incredible graphics back in the day with the new technology the fx chip oh my god we're going to experience this new reality on our super nintendo star fox i was so happy oh my god when star fox was in the trunk of my parents car we were on our way back home from the outback steakhouse i could not be happier (laughs) waiting to pop that thing into my cartridge with all its polygons and, and everything i mean that's a game that did not age well, but back then, oh my God, was that yeah, the coolest thing that ever hit. So you went to Outback. Do you remember what you ate that night? Were you that excited where that left such a mark on you? <laughs> I did. Well, I was a creature of habit. I had the same meal probably from the time I was 12 to the time I was 16. I'd get the uh, the kids meal. Uh, what was it? The kids meal. Uh, the kids meal chicken fingers with uh, cheese and bacon on the fries to try to mimic the Aussie cheese fries and get that important dipping sauce. Yeah. Gotta have that dipping sauce and the kids uh, kookaburra mac and cheese. There was something about what the hell they did with that mac and cheese. It made it like creamy. Put those two things together, pop on like a Saturday night Nick, also known as Snick and have yourself a great evening. Oh, dude. Now, now I'm getting hungry. So like actually, (laughs) (laughs) Oh dude. So, um, oh, my God. So we played Star Fox. You, you mentioned we talked about Zelda. We talked about Metroid. Uh, I'm literally going backwards here. But uh, d- so did you experience stuff like Mario RPG or were R- you mentioned yeah. Dragon Warrior on the NES? So yes. I didn't know if RPGs maybe were kind of a big part as well uh, of your childhood on the Super Nintendo. Uh, they played a part. I did not ever get into the uh, Final Fantasy, which is kind of a, a surprise for me. I never got hardcore into the uh RPGs myself, but Super Mario RPG was definitely one that I enjoyed thoroughly uh, getting to play with um, with, with Bowser uh, with uh, pardon me with Mario joining the Koopa Troop uh, was was really fantastic. Uh, it was an excellent <laughs> game. Uh, it's pretty cool. They're doing a remake of it. But yeah, uh, RPGs were lesser so, but it depended on which one um, as to whether I got into it or not. 
But I totally dodged Final Fantasy. I'm not sure how that happened. There's been about 74 Final Fantasy. I missed them all. I don't know how. Yeah, well, it, it, you know, if you live under a rock, uh, maybe you mm-hmm. do. Maybe you're just in the <laughs> outback and not able to so. find out when things release. But uh, we'll yep, forgive you. Yep. It's that Kukabura <laughs> mac and cheese. It, it, it's, it, 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 it occupied my life. I'm literally going to go look this up later because, like, I, I got to figure <laughs> out dinner. So might as well I just call up Outback and be like, can I get a kid's meal? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I should do it. It's been so long. I should do it. It'll be fun. <laughs> so uh, so take me a little further in. Like, did you continue on this trend of the Nintendo systems like with the N64 or did you start branching out like with your dad on maybe like some Sony systems or, you know, Microsoft, Sega, anything like that? Mm-hmm, I did branch out. I mean, for me, I never touched the N64. I could never dig the controller with the the, the thumbstick at the bottom. I, I never liked the Nintendo 64 controller, so I just dodged that. But we did get the uh, the Sega, went through Sonic and all the fantastic uh, Sega uh, licenses and properties that they had. Sonic was definitely uh, Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles. All those had to be played front to back. Um, but the, the PlayStation 1... Um, Metal Gear Solid was a big favorite of mine. I loved Metal Gear Solid. Um, but for uh, my dad and I, probably the biggest thing was getting uh, an Xbox one Christmas back, uh, whatever year it was, and uh, starting up with Halo. And um, Halo lasted through my college years. It became just uh, almost like a rallying cry for the friends to get together was to play Halo. Yeah, that was uh, Halo into Halo 2 was probably one of the most I guess for console gamers, one of the most revolutionary games as far as like having a very good and smooth multiplayer online system. And you could like mm-hmm. even land it. I remember that being like super fun to do with people. You know, just everybody takes their consoles to somebody's house and plugs them all in. That's it. Yeah. Whoever had the networking skills, the the, the, the nerd became the king and became the guy that you needed to have or else you weren't going to have any fun. <laughs> Suddenly the gamers are now cool. That's uh, right. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, so you went through all these. Um, Halo, obviously a big game, like we said. Uh, anything else on like PS One, Xbox, Sega that really stuck out, or was it just kind of those those main draws with with Halo, Metal Gear, and and Sonic? Those are the main ones, but one um, more offbeat one. I'm not sure if it was a how offbeat it was necessarily, but uh, Medieval for PlayStation, kind of in that same. Zelda Metroidvania vein. I don't know if you mess with medieval, but not, um, actually, but I've heard of it. it. It's a pretty cool one. You're Sir Daniel Fortescue, this um, this old uh, this old knight, this soldier who died and now has been risen from the dead. And that is this skeleton. And he's going to off on this adventure to go save, uh, save the world or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of like self-deprecation is one of the things that is core to my being and was in medieval a little bit. So so th- th- I kind of mess with that a good deal. Um, I feel if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point? And so exactly. th- things exactly. That's it. So things that laugh at yourself. I am a, a pretty good fan of And medieval did a pretty decent job of that with making fun of uh, Daniel Fortescue and his untimely demise and his attempt to uh, not suck the second time around. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check this out now. I know PS1 is kind of like the N64 where it doesn't age well, but yep. um, but yeah, I'll definitely have to give that a look. Uh, so for progressing forward, you know, obviously PS2, Xbox 360 comes out. I'm assuming you know you're starting to get a little older around this point. Um, anything? Did school become a priority? Were games still a priority? You know, how did life shift for you then? 
Oh, yeah. Well, around the Halo time is where I went to college. So um, games definitely stayed a priority for me throughout my life. But naturally, things shift as you go into college and um, getting together for Halo was still the big thing in college. Um, Getting together, playing Halo with your friends, doing Halo tournaments, whatever kind of thing. Um, Integrating Halo into our daily lives. We were still big kids at that point. I think we all still are in a way. But um uh, we eventually uh, coined a term for it that became my nickname back in college and with gaming when um, we eventually came to call Halo uh, Roaring, uh, which that sound makes no sense at all. But we watched uh, South Park. South Park was a show we loved back through college. And there's this one episode where the girls are sledding against the boys down Phil Collins Hill to see who can get down the hill the fastest. And Cartman in some nefarious way throws um, throws a, a cantrip at the girls and they tumble down the hill and are face down in the snow and there's just silence. <laughs> and then from, from off screen out of nowhere comes a bear. And in a split second, he grabs one of the girls and goes off screen with her. And he makes some kind of like grumble noise as he grabs the, 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 the girl. And we eventually decided that we need to know more about that noise. We, we termed it the noise raw and we, somehow <laughs> conflated that to halo and roaring became playing halo and the best halo player eventually got the name roar so that's a, a weird thing about how my first uh, nickname came to be but um yeah the, the, the so bear roaring, roaring halo i was roar okay all right um very different from average frustrated gamer or even Time AMG. change yes yeah they definitely have. changed Yes. Um, Back then, I guess you were like maybe an elite uh, big gamer. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) At least amongst my group of friends. That was a thing. As I came to learn, I am very good amongst my group of friends. But take me and put me into a serious competition. And I start to realize about where I fall. So that's where the average frustrated gamer part came into play where like I can okay. irritate my friends, make them hate playing a game with me. Cause I kick the crap out of them. And then I show up in like a real tournament and I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I will say if you're, if you're the best of your friends, you're good. Like mm-hmm. in your head, for that split second, you're good, yep. and and there's no <laughs> detracting from that because you, what you care about, I guess, in some ways, besides yourself, is your peers and the people yes. you hang out with. So if you can beat them down in a video game, then you have the upper hand for that given moment, which makes you very, very good at a game. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Same so, was true for uh, for chess with me too. I I've played chess all my life, probably okay. since I was about five. Um, I, I learned from my dad and um, the way I learned was, uh, well, he taught me the basic moves and then we just play and he beat me literally a hundred consecutive times before I finally beat him for the first time. Uh, once my win rate got above 50%, then he kind of stopped playing with me because he's a bit of a bitch. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I started like um, I started playing in tournaments. And I played in this big scholastic tournament where there's about a thousand kids. Um, and they promised like some kind of cash prize at the end of it, made it through the whole day and made it to the final. So I was like, look at me. I am so incredible. Went to the finals with like 10 people and was still doing pretty well. And then met someone who was actually really good at chess, who ended up being like a prodigy kind of person. And okay. I ended up placing like fourth and got like 10 bucks or something like that. But um, I, I remember going from like, I'm like 
it's the same kind of thing with the rest of my gaming. Like I'm beating everybody at my school. I'm beating my friends. And then I take my skills to like a more serious affair. And I find out once again, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like um, I eventually joined the U S chess federation and started playing in like rated, like sanctioned tournaments and did uh, pretty well, but found that I'm an average tournament player. So, you know, like the reality versus perception starts to really hit once you throw your take yourself out of the pond and throw yourself into the ocean. Yeah, for sure. It's it's easy. I mean, we were talking about the friend thing, you know, with gaming and chess, too, now. But it's kind of like it's very easy to see yourself as like a big fish in a small pond a lot of times. And it feels like an ocean to you because the pond's so big. But yes. then you get into the real ocean and it's like, dang, <laughs> people are crazy good at, yeah. <laughs> at things. And I mean, I've, I've always said this about everything. There's always somebody better. Uh, it's oh, just always a matter of finding them, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. They're out there if you want to look. Man, and I, what is it about Link to the Past rando players and chess? Mm. Like every, everybody talks about these chess matches. When people start talking about chess, like, and I know you haven't really like dove into it too deep. But when they start talking about strategies, my brain goes full smooth. Like I can't, uh, you know, I, I remember I had an uncle who asked me like, you know, I said something about chess to him and he was like, oh, you play chess. And I was like, yeah, I've played chess. And so like he said, we should play some time. And I remember playing against him and he was just baffled at the moves I was making. And he said, so what, what strategy are you trying to use? And I'm like, I'm literally moving the pieces around. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm moving. I'm trying to kill your king. That's what I'm doing. And he realized very quickly that I just knew how chess worked. I wasn't a mm-hmm. chess player. Uh, that was my realization that chess is actually a very deep game. So yeah, yeah. It really seems like when you're you're, you're playing a game with somebody who's much better, you're playing chess with somebody who's much better. That they are doing something totally different than you. Whereas like you're, you're playing the same game, you got the same pieces, um, you're playing the same randomizer seed but you feel like they have some kind of perception that you just do not. And, and yeah. it, it's humbling for sure. So was chess uh, during college as well, or was chess like after that? Um, chess was, uh, I did it pretty much running up to college. I think uh, I did my last um, serious tournament and, and by serious tournament, I just mean like uh, just USCF rated tournaments. There's never any like philadelphia open or world there was never any like i'm competing for the championship kind of thing it was just a tournament with um other people who want to play a tournament but um that lasted pretty much through high school and didn't really continue too much through college um but then once i got out of college i tried to get back into it and uh to this day i gotta say with um with chess on the internet and chess.com now that i can play chess on my ipad Chess is now a daily thing for me. I mean, I'm not playing seriously. I'm still pretty average <laughs> as far as good people go, but I play chess every day and it is so cool. That it is so available and accessible. And I, I never thought I'd get to play as much chess as I do and uh, still be kind of eh at it. Like anytime you see like any real good players, it, again, it's a humbling experience, but sure. But having it just at my fingertips to play whenever I want is really fun. And I, I hope I always hoped I would carry this into old age and hopefully I will get to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy now how techno like technologically we can just have almost anything at our fingertips like chess, uh, crosswords or a rando seed. You know, anything's just yeah. there uh, almost instantaneously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's really incredible. I I don't know how 
my kids perceive the world versus how I perceive the world when I was a kid. But it is a it feels like a different planet almost with with tech today. So you mentioned Philly. Uh, is that mm-hmm. so did you grow up in the area? Is, is that where you are now? Or if you don't want to say that, you don't have to. But, you know, I figured I'd ask. Yeah, I grew up in the uh, New Jersey side of Philly in a small town called uh, Mount Ephraim, which is all of one square mile in uh, in area, um, which is probably <laughs> about. Yeah, it's really small, probably about 15 minutes out of Philly. Went to college at the College of New Jersey, uh, met who eventually became my wife. Um, we moved across into Pennsylvania basically because we found um, the best deal for an apartment uh, just across the river. Uh, so we moved okay. into Levittown and then uh, moved to where we are today in uh, Willow Grove, not too far from my work. I've tried to find a good uh, school district for our kids. Uh, so yeah, today we're about to an do. hour out of Philly. Yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, it seems I, I used sometimes I think it's always just my area that's like people move around just for, for mm-hmm. school districts. And then I realize it's basically all over the country. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure how it works you, in if, other countries, but, you know. Yeah, really. Cause there's such difference in school district, depending where you are. If you don't have that restriction of school district. Um, I mean, I don't know that experience, but I got to imagine that when your choices open up, it's got to be easier in some ways. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so obviously there's some time um, between uh, college gaming and now where we're playing a link to the past. So yes. I guess my question is going to be, you know, you said you met your your yet to be or soon to be wife at the time uh, yes. as you guys start a life together. Are, are you still trying to work gaming in or is gaming taking like a back burner to, uh, you know, the relationship that's so important to you at this point? Um, it never really did. Possibly, possibly to her chagrin. She and I are very different people. Uh, my wife is a, a classical musician. She plays the bassoon. Okay. Um, and, and to this day, she uh, teaches music lessons to kids in the community. Um, gaming was never really her thing. So I think it's a um, it, it, it's a part of me that she's learned to live with and has learned that it's something that is me and will always be me. Um, but. It, it kind of waxed and waned through college. I mean, Halo was always there. Uh, getting together with friends for poker night uh, became a thing uh, right after college where poker night became a good excuse to get together with people, uh, which is one of my one of the core things about gaming. I think it's just the opportunity to get together and hang out with people. Um, so poker night was definitely a big thing. But um, gaming in some way, shape or form has always been there. I always need to. uh Definitely need some kind of game to uh, unwind, relax, and give give my mind a different way to to think after a hard day's work, after whatever may have gone on with the kids and the family that day. Um, just getting to chill out and and unwind with a game is always uh, important. I find. Oh yeah, for sure. So so you are a dad. Uh, yes. As 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 am I. But you said kids plural, and I I, I told my wife this. I don't know how anybody has more than one kid. It does not make sense. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats on that. Uh, you you, you have you. three, ki- two or three kids, I guess. And or maybe That's more. Great. And, um, <laughs> you, you know, I haven't heard anything bad, so there we go. Like that's an accomplishment. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we have three kids. We have uh, two teenage okay. daughters, one going into high school, one in middle school. They hate each other, so that's spectacular. And oh, we perfect. went back. It's fantastic, especially because they're sisters. So that that's just there's something special about <laughs> um, 
teenage females living together that creates a special kind of nuclear war zone that you don't want to be a part of or you get irradiated yourself. But we went back to the well and uh, went for our boy and we have a, a three-year-old son now and uh, he's well, first off, going back to the beginning is a challenge. We were out and now we're back in. Send help. But um, yeah. he, he, is, he is so much fun and uh, he is spectacular. But we've got an uh, interesting uh, family here. And, and, and yes, it is uh, a challenge for sure. Uh, with, with the cost of weddings in college, I'm pretty sure I needed to own a multi-million dollar company yesterday to be able to afford the weddings and, and the colleges. So sure. um, <laughs> I, I hope they all get all the scholarships because uh, daddy ain't got enough. <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, that's relatable. I um, <laughs> I mean, I have a, a three and a half year old and she uh, I I'm uh, I'm at the point of like, holy cow, people people have multiples of these. I'm so confused. <laughs> um, I don't, don't get me wrong. I love her to death. But yeah, yep. some days, yep. some days and I'm sure you understand. But some days it's like. Oh. Dude, please send, send send help. Like you were saying, oh, like, man, where's, where's man. Plasma Kappa? Send the help. <laughs> I, I've stolen that phrase from Plasma Kappa and has become part of my everyday existence. I mean, as a husband and a father of three, I have become extremely accustomed to the concept that I am wrong at all times. But yesterday, like the, the, the ways that they get at each other, like the new creation yesterday that drove us up the wall. I was even in the middle of streaming and from upstairs, I hear that there's some kind of explosion going on All right, at school and go upstairs mm. to find out that one of the sisters has taken all the light bulbs out of the other sister's room. And part of me was just like, that's pretty good. That, that's crafty. <laughs> that's crafty. I'm impressed, but you, you have to live in the moment of, we need to address this situation of you being <laughs> mean to each other. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, that's that's worth at least a thousand points. That's something I would have never thought of. Yeah. So I have some friends that have a uh, a five year old and a three year old. And yes. I see that I see those two kids fighting with each other all the time. And it's, it's you know, a lot, I think a lot of it maybe is for like attention per se. Not that mm-hmm. they're not getting enough of that, but, you know, they want superiority of the over the other one. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. They want to win. Uh, and I, I get I get home and it's almost like I see I see them go at each other while I'm at their place. And then they'll I'll, I'll just analyze the situation later. And it's almost like, you know, the fight scene in Anchorman, uh, if you've seen that movie. And then like uh, yep. they get back, they get back to the office and then it's just like that escalated quickly. And, and that's, that's I, I think that's like the best analogy for parenthood, especially with multiple kids. Uh, mm-hmm. With me saying I don't have multiple, but like it's just kind of like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> yep, I think that's pretty spot on. Like, you look at it as it's happening, you go, "What the hell is a reasonable person, a reasonable person, supposed to do in this situation to be of any use?" And then you just sit there and watch it unfold as somebody hits somebody else with a cinder block or whatever, and, and then you just sit back and you know, get out a bandage. That's all you can do. You hope for the best. Um, yeah. Everybody's still alive. Everybody's fine. Fix the boo-boo. Call it a day. Yep. (laughs) You mentioned this to me before we started recording, and I'm going to bring it up. You told me you were almost on a game show. Tell me about this. Well, going back to a tiny me, I was the hugest fan of Press Your Luck. uh, Oh, yes. Love it with Peter to Markin, Rod Roddy announced it with the flashing colors and the big bucks. No whammy stop. 
Uh, going back to once again, tiny me, how I used to dance around the table doing the Mario. I also very much used to go around the table, yell big bucks, no whammy, stop and slam the slam the buzzer down. <laughs> and I love that show. And I desperately wanted to be on it, but I knew it was impossible. Well, I didn't know then because I was young, but as I got older, the show was in syndication and there's no way I'm ever going to end up on this. Well, when Press Your Luck came back on ABC, I was like, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if I somehow managed to get on that show? So I threw out an application like uh, five years ago, I think, when it first came out. Thought nothing of it, moved on with my life. Last year, right around April Fool's time, um, I get this um, this phone call from somebody who says they're at casting at Press Your Luck and they like to talk to me. And my first thought is bullshit. Who knows that I applied? And is called me around April. Oh, you're going to be. No, no, right. I'm not. You shut up. No chance in hell. So to my surprise, it goes on from like a casting call to a casting video to another casting video to this, to this, to this, to we're going to fly you out to Los Angeles. And you might not end up on the show, but we're going to fly you out to Los Angeles. And if all goes according to plan, you might be on the show. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to end up on Press Your Luck. This is going to be so cool. Um, so I went out to CBS Television City at the Bob Barker Studios. I went um, for like my orientation. I got to see the the big board in person, and it it's really big. It, I cannot. Uh, it is bigger than like it, it's like a three story building. The big board. It blew my mind. Um, but get, get to see how the donuts are made at the control room, and they're going through all the. Here's what you do. Here's this. Here's the nitty gritty. Um, went through everything and they said, all right, all you got to do now is wait for your phone call. You're on call. Um, we will call you to let you know when your filming time is or if uh, we're not going to have you film. It's still possible you might not film. So, all right. Um, it happened that <coughs> my wife's sister lives out in Los Angeles. So worst case scenario, we're just getting a trip to Los Angeles to see where my uh, my wife's sister lives. We're going to be in L.A. It's going to be fantastic no matter what happens. Uh, so the next day we're at Universal Studios and we're having a blast there. My kids are enjoying the, the Hogwarts area, uh, the whole right. Harry Potter world. Um, and later on through the day, we get a call that's saying you're not going to film. And I was like, after all this, I was oh, one no. phone call away from being on press your luck. And you call and tell me I'm not going to film. So I, I went from th this elation like. They were telling me that you got through like 10,000 applicants and we're down to like 30 of you. So I'm like, this is scientific proof that I'm wow. freaking cool. This is proof that I am awesome. <laughs> and, and then down to, nah, you're not going to be on this. Show. I was like, okay, I would get one step away from something I've been dreaming about my whole life and get the call that says no. Next day, um, my mom calls and tells me my grandma's been in the hospital for a week. I didn't want to tell oh, you no. where I was Yeah, right. I didn't want to tell you while you were in L.A. Um, later on in, in July, she passed. It was a shame. But the, the next day, we all tested positive for COVID. So now oh, we're God. stuck in this hotel room in L.A. with COVID. And it's gone from a dream to like a hellscape where we're wondering, when should we go home? We shouldn't go on a plate with COVID. We can't afford to stay out here forever. Like it, it, it went from good to bad to worse. But thankfully, the uh, the folks over at Presser Luck took care of us. They um, they made sure that our accommodations were set through the duration of like when we got done with COVID. They uh -huh. put us up to stay there a while longer, so it, it worked out OK. But 
that close to ending up on their show to being stuck in a hotel room with COVID with three kids, including one who's like two years old, who's like flipping out, got cabin fever, like all hell. It became very tough, but um, we got out of it. And I was that one phone call away from ending up on Press Your Luck. Oh, it wow. still haunts me. Still that haunts is- me. This is like the biggest emotional roller coaster I've been on in five minutes, I think. Um, uh, uh, like going up the hill, going down, going back up, back down again. I, man, I, I'm happy you got to have the experience, but I'm like it's super sad that you had, you missed the, the final piece and then also like all the bad stuff. Oh, God. Right. It was, it, looking back on it, it was still a cool trip. We got to do all kinds of fun stuff that we probably wouldn't have gotten to do, but, uh, got to do outside of that but right boy the second half of it with being stuck in a hotel room with covid oh oh my god what a disaster <laughs> holy crap <laughs> and, and now they put up on facebook oh the new season of press your luck is coming up oh, aren't you excited to watch it go fuck yourself i don't want to watch get out of my face <laughs> you've lost a fan this way yes <laughs> i'll watch my 80s reruns yeah, that's right. Peter to market all day. Eat it, Elizabeth Banks. Go away. <laughs> all right. So that was last year. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, you've been playing Rando longer than that. So let, let's yes. let's talk about that a bit. Tell me. Tell me how you found uh, Link to the Past Rando. Like, were you in this? Did you find Twitch speed running? Did you just find Rando? Take me through the whole process. You know, my memory is so bad. If you've ever seen me play, I forget things at such a remarkable clip. I think I'm going to need brain medicine as I age, but I'm pretty sure it started with a YouTube rabbit hole. And I think what happened was I saw a video of Andy at SGL and I was watching him play Link to the Past. And I was like, where, where do you get that bow? What What's the bow doing there? And, and right. I think that's where I learned that randomizer was a thing. And so I Googled it. Um, and that's where it all started. I, I started with the um, the Reddit, the uh, the link to the past uh, Reddit and started mm. doing the uh, well, I started looking into it and watching eventually figured out how to get into it. Started doing those weekly seeds um, was originally playing with my buddies, uh, J. Joe Miller and uh, Dog Do and was having the time of my, my life playing these seeds with them. And then I think um, not too long after that, I heard about this thing called the ladder and uh, the rest was history. Uh, okay, what, th- that's where I found like, oh, you need to be streaming in order to play on the ladder. And now I stream on Twitch and play rando. And it is I, I can't believe uh, that it started from something as watching uh, Andy on YouTube to uh, what it's become today. It's uh, really come quite a, a long distance. It always seems that everybody found whether or not it was the first thing. It's like somebody's always tied to Andy. So yeah, I'm, I'm blaming always. Andy for everything. Anytime Damn someone says punk. blame Dante going, going <laughs> forward, I'm going to switch it to blame Andy. I like um, it. I like so, it. everything that happens is his fault. Now I'm okay with that. So when you found ladder uh, and, and I guess before that, the Reddit weeklies, was that, was that 2020, 2021? What, what do you recall around what time that was? Yeah, I think it's been about four or five years for me because I started seeing it in my uh, Facebook memories. I think I was just playing seeds offline even before I got to the uh, the Reddit weeklies and the, the quest for the first uh, sub two was uh, in my Facebook memories for uh, quite some time. So it's been around four or five years, I want to say. OK. All right. So that 20 if you saw if it was SGL, I'm assuming probably like 2019 range. So, yeah, that checks out. It sounds um, about right. 
So I guess at that point, were you just headfirst into ladder or were you, I guess with ladder, that was going to be after all of like the big group daily races. So I'm assuming you haven't done a ton of those, at least in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah, I, I've heard the legends of the big group daily races and they're only uh, legends to me. I never got to participate. I think that when I started with um, competitive rando, um, to use air quotes with the term, uh, I believe that was ladder. I want to say season four or sometime around there, but that was um, it, it was pretty much solely ladder for me. Um, gotcha. I did not get to dive into those. I, I what was it like? It was a hundred some people or so. I heard some insane numbers from what used to happen. Oh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like, you know, it was not uncommon to have like 70 plus people in a, a weekly <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. And That's so cool. It was just so wild. There was also like not no the whole like there was also not a lot of tournaments. So mm. you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I, that makes sense. So I guess you're playing ladder. You're getting involved with the community. Uh, yes. I, I guess trying to keep somewhat of a low profile, not getting you know not getting in trouble, not throwing your opinion around. I'm assuming you have those uh, opinions. I have a couple. Um, uh, but uh. So did you jump into any tournaments at, at any given point? Like, do you remember what your first tournament was? I think my first, I tried to qualify for the main. I want to say, let's say I've done the main two straight years. So it'd be the year before that. So 23, 22, 2021, I tried to qualify for the main and I did the uh, challenge cup that year, which was a really cool intro to the uh, tournament experience. It was definitely a, a lot of fun to see how tournaments are done. See how the, uh, the nightmare that is scheduling is handled. And um, just mm-hmm. get the vibe for what felt like, like anytime you stick the word tournament in front of something. So suddenly it feels like the most important thing you've ever done. And it was really cool <laughs> to get experience with that in the uh, Challenge Cup. Yeah. And I think the Challenge Cup does uh, a good job of like helping people acclimate. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of times people do said qualifiers and then they're like, well, I'm not good enough to play. I'm not good enough to, you know, I didn't qualify. I'm not good enough to play. But that's right. not the case. You know, like Mm-mm. you could have had one misstep. We've seen that from some good runners, too. Like oh, people say, well, they, they shouldn't be in the challenge cup. Well, you know, sometimes rando sucks. Uh, I think we all can attest to that. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. I know. I know uh, some people that I interact with personally sometimes get like really stressed and angry about how rando sucks or like how things didn't go their way or whatever the case may be. But life is so hard with, with, with three kids and a job that you don't like and, and, and all this stress. Like life is so hard. If a rando scene is bad, it's funny and I love it and I need to do it again. Like, like th- this is all fun and games. Yeah. And if rando sucks or I, I get my ass kicked because I last locate a thing where I lose to the horse. I play cross keys against Mr. Ed so much. My record against him that I've been forced to compile because I lost a recent bet to him. My my record against him on race time races. He is 30 and 11 against me, which sucks and I hate it. But I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it again because it's just so much fun. And if something is bad in this game, it's bad in this game. That's that's great. It's still fun. I'm still playing this game. Right. I love it. It, it, it. I will always keep coming back. It is so much fun. It's nice to have that release. You know, yes. when you have a big family and you have oh. a job. Uh, oh, my God. Like, it's, it's hard to be, you know, it's hard to be upset. <laughs> exactly. So. Oh, my mirror was on purple just well at least my light bulbs are in my stockets today that's good <laughs> perfect uh <laughs> so 
Um, I'm looking here at the league, and you uh, you were on team he came from. Yes. Uh, can you can you tell me a little bit about how that team uh, came from to be, uh, and uh, and your relationship with these guys? Yeah, so I ended up uh, forming some pretty close relationships with my buddies at uh, Magnet Hands and uh, Ahab Quad, and uh, we decided that we'd form a team. Now the um, the he came from moniker. Uh, if you've never uh, watched Magnet Hands, which you really need to do, he is fantastic, awesome dude, hell of a runner, so much fun to hang out with and watch. He has uh, MSU's, a lot of which are comprised from music he's done or music he's compiled, and. Mm-hmm. He took actually it wasn't his cut. He's a big fan of um, someone named MF Doom, who I'd never heard of until I heard of uh, Magnet. And um, apparently MF Doom did a cut of um, What a Fool Believes by Michael McDonald. And he added that into his MSU where uh, when you go into a uh, portal or when you mirror uh, it, it's it's the start of Michael McDonald singing where he goes, he came from, and then it's the dun, 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 dun. and it, <laughs> I don't know why, but Ahab and I love that so much, and it, it, we just got hooked on he came from, so that's that's where that came from with us. But we we had we have talked about life, we have talked about Rando, and we just became a team inside and outside of Rando, so we kind of stuck together. And uh, had a lot of fun playing as a team in league. I, I love hearing stories about like people forming friendships from yes. from league, you know, like that go a little beyond just that season, uh, mm-hmm. which is always like a positive. So uh, have you I- I'll ask, have you had the the pleasure of meeting these guys at all? Two by shot. Yes. Th- uh, this summer um, we got together. Um, Magnet Ahab. Uh, myself, Mr. Ed and TJ uh, Maelstrom, we all got together for a big uh, hootenanny, for lack of a better word, in uh, in New York. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We we played. Um, we went to this awesome. Uh, sh- I never would have thought that TJ came up with the idea. We should go play shuffleboard. I was like, what? I'm not 80. And we went to this <laughs> place called the Royal Palms Shuffleboard Club in Brooklyn. And it was like a club. There was like a DJ. There were like food trucks. Apparently they have like random food trucks come up every day that like sell food out of there. There was music. There were games. It was one of the coolest times I ever had, which I never would have thought of with shuffleboard. But um, I got, I spent the night in Brooklyn, ended up uh, sharing a room with Mr. Ed, which was its own uh, third circle of hell. But... I got to meet uh, Ahab and Mag and TJ and and, and we, we had so much fun. I, I seriously can't believe that I have been able to form like real life legitimate connections with people from this game from 1991 that some nerds ran some code and create a randomized version of it. And now there's all these people who play it and real life friendships are being formed from it. I'm astounded that I'm a part of it and so grateful for it. I, I really can't believe that it's it's all come to this from this silly game that we all played when we were little. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Just like when you kind of look at it from the broad picture like that, you know, uh, for me, I, I, you know, playing rhythm games, I met people along the way. And so like, I honestly almost thought I was like supposed to meet people when I started like playing this competitively. And then I realized that's, you know, a different community, but then Mm. being able to Mm -hmm. do that, like it, it kind of makes you, 
I guess when you have that opportunity, it makes you cherish that a little more um, than than usual. So like anytime SGL happens or like a GDQ and I can go, it's kind of like, man, I'm really looking forward to this just to see see some gamers, even if even if I hate them. Like, you know, just, or if I dislike them online, like it's pretty cool to be able to see them. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, Oh um, yeah. Cause usually, usually you get to see the person, uh, and not like the online persona we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. When we stream online, we play these games online. We have our online personas and depending on who you are, you try to keep them separate from your real self to some degree so you can protect your information, your privacy. But getting getting to meet these people in real life like forming relationships close enough with them to the point where you trust to actually meet them in person um i've been trying to pitch to my wife like i think uh, speed gaming does something in virginia which isn't too far yes. from me i've tried i've tried to be like hey i'm gonna go to that thing it's gonna cost me x hundred dollars and she goes no so I, i'm trying to work the angle and get myself there but you know resources are tight you can't do everything you want to do but after getting to meet uh, some cool folks in person, I, I can see such an appeal to getting to do that and, oh, and yeah. putting and, and seeing everybody uh, for real. I, I definitely want to make that happen sometime. Yeah, hopefully you'll be able to do it. So, yes. Also, I have to ask, what's with yes. the Ed hate? Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to my uh, persona as a whole where uh I, I often am, as we, as we discussed with gaming, I am good at chess. I'm pretty good at Link to the Path randomizer. I'm good at a decent amount of things. I find myself to be great at none of them. Like, I'm good, but not great at many right. things. So when I came in, like, um, I, I came in with uh, with J. Joe, uh, with homemade beer, met Mr. Ed, and we're all kind of, like, even level. We're, we're battling with each other, and we're going 50-50 on wins and losses, and it's fantastic. We're going back and forth well now i don't know who the hell allowed it but homemade beer got stupid good j joe is insane he's in brackets and cross keys the horse just went and won the season 19 ladder no, i can't beat anybody <laughs> anymore they've all gone so far past me and in one level it is so cool to see i love seeing all their progress and their talent and how amazing they are at this game in another vein i hate them why have they gotten so much better to me it's not okay so my life's work <laughs> is now dedicated to putting this horse in his place, giving him the losses he so badly needs to not let that ego inflate any further than it already has. Someone has to do it. That's what I'm here for. OK. All right. So <laughs> just destroy Ed and mm-hmm. do not do not allow any retort whatsoever. Oh, uh, uh, someone's got to make glue of the horse. It has to be done. All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll see if I I think you can do it, but maybe I, I can. maybe I somebody can. else will join the cause. Oh, please, anybody. There is no more noble act than bringing the horse down a peg. Go to work. Get him. Bring him down. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, with your league team, let's let's yes. talk about that. Do you guys have any any plans uh, to participate here in the upcoming season six? Uh, we've been talking about it a good deal. We are not going to participate this year. Uh, my buddy uh, Magnet, um, as, as was retired from Link to the Past for a little bit, just came back uh, yesterday. Got into the cross keys ladder and all that, but he was having some. Okay. Uh, he was having some difficulty with play. Like playing was like um, was bugging him and getting on his mind and bringing him down. He found that it wasn't bringing him the kind of happiness that you'd want it to bring. So very wisely, sure. he backed off and said, "I'm going to just get away from this for a while." And so, like, 
we didn't want him to feel pressured. Like I really enjoyed League. League was a really good time. I had so much fun doing co-op with Mag and Ahab and playing with others in the league and seeing all the really creative team ideas, team names, team icons and playing co-op, which is something you don't do anywhere outside of league was so much fun. Um, I will not miss the scheduling. Uh, I again, oh, yeah. fa- father of three <laughs> and, and a husband. There is no time. You saw from trying to schedule time to talk to me. It is impossible. There is nowhere in the schedule that is free. If I get a chance to like get on and play, like it's almost by surprise to me. So having to schedule with like four people is is just my idea of Dante's Inferno. So I will not miss that oh, yeah. whatsoever. But <laughs> I am so looking forward to seeing this year and seeing everything that everyone's come up with, watching all the competition. I won't be a part of it, but I will be a, an enthusiastic onlooker. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask this and you could decline, but, yes. uh, any thoughts on our transition as a community from racing council to Tark and should Specky clip be allowed? <laughs> oh yes. Well, I wanted to lead with this and I, I forgot to lead with it. I wanted to say, uh, first off that you have been every, everything I've seen you do on your streams and in the council and everywhere throughout the community you have been the utmost courteous, professional, very helpful to everyone that you've ever come across. I think you have been nothing but a boon to the community. And I think I speak for such a vast segment of the population when I say thank you for everything you have done. It has been such a pleasure seeing you and and just all that you have done to help everybody. You've, you, you have been nothing but a blessing on everybody in the community. And thank you so much. Well, thank you for saying that. I uh, there's some days I feel like everybody hates me back when I was doing it. Like, I'm not going to lie. You know, sometimes when you have to be the bad guy, it's like, geez. Yeah. uh, All right. Fine. I guess I'll tell everybody this is how it's going to be. But um, (laughs) but no, seriously, thank you for saying that. I um, of course, you know, I I was ready to when we transitioned, like I was like, okay, great. I don't have to do this anymore. And then, oh my God. And then Tark, ha- I was like, I can't just like, I was going to leave council, but we're blowing up. It's yep. like, I can't really just leave it. So yeah. let's try this and then see if we can get some admins, like people who are interested. And luckily there was a lot of people interested as far as like trying to take the helm of it. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for the five that we got, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming that'll evolve over time. Oh Yes. I think the community made excellent choices on who they picked to round up, but it, it was everybody was um, I think everybody was doing the popcorn thing and just watching the meltdown because who doesn't like to go by a car accident and stare at it's human nature, I guess. But my God, it, it was scary for a minute there. And when um, it, it was so sad to see like all the angst that it was putting on each individual council member, because everyone is doing this out of love and out of like some desire to help make, uh, this a better place for everybody to race and yeah. watching just so much angst and, and heartache it's trouble and strife like just thinking of the individuals involved was so difficult to see how hard it was for everyone and like I don't want to like name drop and pick on specific people but like 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 what was what was going on was it, it carried almost from the council to target away to and um, th- then a ban was done but it it, it was Oh, it was so hard to watch as as, I mean, watching Sinek get overloaded to the point where he was done and he was going to take his ball and go home like that was scary 
Yeah, um, and we rely on that ball. It's the only ball. I know. Ball. It's the ball. <laughs> Except for like a couple niche ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he, he has done so much. I mean, he, without him, there is no uh, no racing, basically, for the most part. And and um, th- he got to the point of meltdown. It, it just, just gives you an idea of how much mental pressure was on everybody with all this. And it was so distressing. Yeah. And I, I hope that everyone, as we continue to go forward, just keeps a really cool head and understands that people just want a good competitive scene where everybody is free to race and compete um, without any pressure or fear of harassment or anything. And everybody sure. that's in any kind of a leadership role just wants to help. So I, I hope that everyone just has a cool head and just, just remembers to try to do what you can to move the community forward and not cause any angst because these are just people who are, who no doubt have jobs and families of their mm-hmm. own and, and who knows how much time they have to dedicate to this? They, this is like everybody from the devs to the admins to the rate. It, it's it's all a labor of love. And if you want this to keep going, show love. It, don't don't bring any hate. Just show love. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to my wife about like because I, I talked to her about this, even though she's like, I don't understand why everybody gets so worked up over a Super Nintendo video game. Uh, but it was it was funny because I was talking to her. and She said, so what are you going to do now if like, you know, if it all blows up and there's no more racing. And I said, well, it's fun while it lasted. So yeah, <laughs> like, you know, you just kind of got to live in the moment, I guess. Yeah. That's um, it. Nothing, well, nothing less forever. Yeah. I, I had the same kind of experience. I was watching all this stuff unfold on discord. And I heard that a fear had put out the pod with the uh, council members that we were driving down to South Jersey to see some friends. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this on. I'm going to listen to it. And they were like, like my wife and my kids were like, you have a problem this is a, a game a super <laughs> nintendo game there's this there's a government and there's a council and there and there's drama about this game from 1991 you, do you need a therapist and, 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 and watching them react to all the intrigue that was going on was definitely that's wild <laughs> it, it's it always helps me like whenever there was a problem like it always helps me kind of bouncing it off somebody who's not involved at all. And they just kind of mm-hmm. give me this look of like, you're doing like y'all are doing what now? Like, <laughs> and then th- that's when I realize like, okay, we need to think about this. Yeah. But, uh, Don't you have anything better to do? <laughs> I mean, no, but yes, nope. uh, <laughs> it's going to be drama. If there's just more than one person uh, and, and sometimes with one person, there's drama. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I know. I know you've got like you had to carve out some time to to make this. So I want to be respectful of your time. But uh, I do have three questions that I like to ask everybody. And you're going to sure. be no exception. Excellent. So first question is, what is your most embarrassing moment in randomizer that you're willing to talk about? Oh, God, my most embarrassing moment in randomizer. I mean, there's so many. That's the tricky part. How do I pick one? Like, I, I swear, like every day there's something new. Um Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure I can pick one, but uh, there's one that's part of my uh, channel trailer now where I I was talking about um, about oats and goats and his um, his uh, text to speech and how he still makes money while he's off stream while people are spamming text to speech alerts. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was in mini Moldworm cave in a cross key scene. I was throwing bombs at him and I killed him and then I walked out. And then you can like without going back to to the get the five items and you can see the moment <laughs> on my face where I realized what the hell I did. 
Um, and you can just see like the part where my brain just died. And then I walk back in. I have two hearts. I start the whole process again. Um, I get hit by one of the, I get hit by like the bomb explosion. I fall into the pit. I die. And my hand, my head is just in my hands, just sitting there going, really, you actually, wow. (laughs) Uh, But there's so many misclicks, so many forgets. I I try to remember and try to give myself some levity because there's so much you need to remember and keep track of that it's so easy to lose track of one thing. And I can only mm-hmm. imagine the amount of times where we've forgotten something or misclicked something that didn't matter and we never realized it versus all the times where we mistracked something that did matter. So ah, it is so hard to pinpoint one embarrassing moment. But my God, there are endless moments where I've gone, wow, you really are in amnesiac and are going to need serious psychiatric care as you age. If you're going to want to remember where your pants are in the morning. I, I don't remember where my pants are half the time, to nope. be honest. Nope. So that's, especially that's in, the, in the remote, in the remote work area, like what's pants? What are pants? Yeah. It's like, you only have to, if it's a video call, you only have to have like a shirt. Like, so waist up is like the way to be, you know, like a professional, professional looking attire above. And then like, gym shorts underneath and that's all you need (laughs) that's the way to do it awesome so uh i guess question number two what's your favorite msu pack to use oh i have there are so many good msu picks i have uh i have built a mix of uh some of my favorites because i just can't stand to be without some of my favorites for so long but um there are individual tracks that just stick out for me like there is only one track that belongs in desert in my opinion it was um a magnet hands track and um i'm not sure how to describe it you need to hear it for yourself it's it's this guy singing oh i i I can't do it justice (laughs) but it needs to be heard to be to be experienced for oneself um pi um a ph made an 8-bit band msu that's an absolute banger um okay zelda zelda metal was my classic for open seas back in the day uh, i've always been a rock kind of guy so zelda metal always jive with me um cadence of hyrule is a good uh, classic one as well uh the new metal gear uh, fear agent made a tears of the kingdom msu there's so many awesome tracks off that um j joe made a really cool star fox f-zero msu um Okay. 8-Bit, 8-Bit Fear has put out so many good things. Moogle, 8-Bit Rock is another one of my favorites. Uh, the Smash Brothers Brawl MSU. Um, th- there, there's just so many to pick from, and it's um, it, it's so cool to play them. While while you're playing Link to the Past Rando, hearkening back to when you were a kid, and while you're doing that, reliving another game through an MSU, you get to have a double dip of nostalgia, and I'm not sure many things are better. Yeah, I can. I can. That, that's one thing I really like about MSUs. I can relate to it. It's just like you're almost vibing with another game while you're playing your game. You know, yes. like, you you know, at this point, we've kind of branded it our game. Uh, yes. And it's, it's it's such a cool experience. So, like, I used to give MSU a lot of hate because they, they added that save and quit delay a long, long time ago. But, <laughs> you know, I don't you know, then they, they kind of fixed it. So now it's like, all right, I can I can forgive. Uh, awesome. But <laughs> uh, and finally, so yes. if you had to lose all your gaming memories, but you're mm. allowed to keep one of them, which one do you keep and why? Mm. I ooh, I believe I would keep 
um, going back to bring this full circle, the first time that I, uh, it, it, it's hard to go away from the community aspect. I'm going back specifically into gaming, but I'm thinking of like throwing away all the community memories and they're so hard to toss. But if I'm going just to gaming and ignoring all the other aspects, okay. um, I would go in uh, into the first time I beat Link to the Past when I'm going through the credits and I'm sitting there beaming with pride. I have done it. I have done the thing that I put so much time into. And it it almost it carried into other aspects of life, like doing um doing hard classes, like when I did um AP calculus and I wasn't one of the kids who got it real easy. So I was busting my ass, putting in so many extra hours in study halls and like going to the to the teacher to try to just do the best I could to possibly get through it. And then finally passing the AP calc test somehow. And then realizing that a three wasn't good enough for credit at the college I went to, but getting that moral victory of after putting in all this time again of just effort, effort, effort result that, that, that first moment of concentrated long-term effort and a result was uh, definitely yeah. something that stuck with me for a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier when you brought this up, but it's like I remember the first time beating that game and it just kind of blew my mind that I did that. Yes, I can, I can heavily relate to that. So that's that's up there. You know, I can see how that's a Mount Rushmore moment for a lot of people. So that's oh, awesome. for sure. And, and, and then the converse of that, where like people don't know what the hell you're doing and don't understand gaming. You're sitting here watching the credits and, and, and listening to the music and reveling in this moment. And your mom walks by and you're like, oh, mom, look what I did. You're like, and she's like, what? So what go clean your room. Uh, people don't get it. Yeah, but we do. It, it, they don't. They don't. Uh, well, <laughs> well, AFG, the floor is yours. Anything you uh, want to shout out or anything you want to promo uh, for everybody? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't have anything specific coming up. As I said, my schedule is always in flux and always randomized, much like the seeds we play. So hopefully I'll get on sometime soon. But definitely there are so many awesome people that need attention and love in this community and we'll give it right back to you. So check out. Okay, I, I can't I can't list everybody. There's not enough time. But check out Mr. Ed, <laughs> Magnet Heads, Ahab, uh, uh, Biedium, J. Joe. There are, there are so many awesome people and you, you will get so like I, I am actually a, I have a discord and I don't know how it came to be. But there are there's a community of almost like 100 people in this discord. And I don't know how I, quote unquote, oversee or I'm in charge of it. But I, I keep saying that I have gotten so much more out of out of playing and out of talking to all these people than I feel like they've gotten from me. And I am so grateful for everything and for everyone that I've come across. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Dante, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really enjoy talking to you and um, just enjoy. Have fun and um, be nice to each other. D- don't be a dick. That's the biggest rule. Don't yeah, be a dick. That's a, that's a really good rule, I think. But yeah, seriously, thank you for coming on. This has been this has been a blast. Like the hour kind of just flew by, and I was like, oh god, I can't keep him too terribly much longer. I was like, you know, his <laughs> wife might kill him or kill me through the through the headset. So <laughs> she's coming. Watch I'm, out. I'm glad we could uh, carve out some time. But uh, but yeah, thanks for coming, too. old man. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. All right, this has been AFG on the spoiler log. <laughs> Once 
once again, big thanks to AFG for coming on the spoiler log. I do really appreciate him carving out that time. I know we talked about it, but man, it was it was a little bit of touch and go there between myself. I had to cancel on him one time because I had things going on and his schedule was tight. I felt so bad about canceling on him and or postponing rather. And man, I'm, I'm really happy that we made it work the way we did. Coming up, if you're listening to this as it comes out Saturday, I'm plugging it again. The league reveals happening. You want to make sure you see it. It's going to be a great time. 1 p.m. on twitch.tv slash the A-L-T-T-P-R league. going to be a great time. Go ahead and give those league channels a follow if you want to see some of those hot league matches restreamed as well as speed gaming. That's where most of the invitational is going to be. But we need restreamers, guys. If you are interested in restreaming, let us know in the Discord. Kono Tyron, our restream mod, and Amerith can get you all set up and get you squared away to learn how to restream for the league. And we can get some more of those quote unquote official ones out there, give more people opportunities to be showcased and give people opportunities for commentary as well. Coming up next week, I finally did it. I took some advice outside of my own. I know a novel concept, uh, but was able to speak to a couple of the mentor tournament winners from the other brackets. Uh, I say speak to, uh, I've spoken to one now and uh, the next one is going to be recorded here in a couple days, barring anything coming up. The plan is for that episode to come out next week. It's going to be a shorter one, but hope you guys are going to enjoy it. We got a lot scheduled. I've got a lot of cool things planned, uh, especially for the SGL period. I hope you guys are really going to be excited for that too. But yeah, thanks for supporting the show. Um, I don't say this often because I always feel terrible being cheesy about it. That really could use reviews. I know Temp really likes reviews. Okay, like I'm here to have fun. But you know, uh, you smack the five stars on on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And apparently that's, that makes dollars, not real dollars, but it makes, it it makes the boss feel happy. So smack those buttons. Uh, if you want to give me a one-star review and tell me I'm bad, it's okay. You can do it. You can be honest. You can hate me. Just don't hate the people who come on the show It ain't their fault. But anyway, uh, all joking aside, would really appreciate some reviews. That's all I'm going to say about that now. Um, thanks for supporting. We'll see you guys in a week.